CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by LexisNexis Litigation Solutions. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjog All. Good morning and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. As always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTRLive, and look for this show as hashtag leadership. Today's topic is, are you an authentic leader? And our guest for today's show is Bob Cantor, who is a leadership mentor and a CIO coach. Welcome to, welcome to the show, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Sanjo. Thank you for uh, inviting me to join you today. Thank you so much again. The honors all ours. So you are, as you go about changing lives, how's your life going? <laughs> My life is always going great, and there are always opportunities to make it better. Now, um, when you talk about the very authentic leadership, and you talk about leadership in general, so it, to, to kind of start out and kind of confine the scope to authenticity, how much of that is just an attribute versus uh, something which drives what is going to be the fate of a leader? Um, okay. I think you've got a lot of interesting points in that question. Um, talking about the fate of a leader, I, I think first what it might be useful or interesting to talk about is leaders and leadership in terms of when we look at authenticity, it's not just people in the positions of leadership or with titles of leaders, but it's anyone and everyone in an organization or a group that has the potential to lead. So that whether I'm an individual contributor on a project team, whether I'm a member of a community organization, or even a 14-year-old kid in a family organization, I have the potential to lead. And I think you use the word destiny or, or fate as a leader. Um, day in, day out, I have the opportunity to learn from what's working and not working and to change what I'm doing. So we were chatting a little bit before we went live on air, and I mentioned that as I coach executives, especially information technology executives, not only am I coaching them and helping them see life and leadership from different perspectives. I'm also coaching myself and allowing myself more and different opportunities to see things differently and change what I'm doing. Now, when you look at uh, different folks who say that they are leaders and from the outside in, it looks like there is still work in progress. What's the delta? Um, well, I, I, I think we all owe it to ourselves to acknowledge that we're doing the best that we can in the moment. And uh, particularly when we have positions of leadership, we certainly are leading. We're impacting what others are doing. We are coordinating activities to deliver results to our organization, to our marketplace. Um, and just because um, we're not doing everything that we can do doesn't mean that we're not leaders. So coming back to the, the authentic leadership question, um, the gap that I, I most often see with clients is that many of us can be authentic when things are going well. And it's in the tougher times 
when something happens that causes us to feel disappointed or maybe overwhelmed or we're tired because we're not feeling well or we're irritated because things are not working outside or we get impatient in the moment, that's where maybe the challenge for maintaining our authenticity uh, becomes larger. And sometimes we meet the challenge and sometimes we don't. So if you think that the people who are trying to do it, everybody comes and says, I want to be a great leader and the intention is there. And sometimes mm-hmm. the capability in or um, they are not able to see in which direction are they going. Is I mean, it does, do you need an outside in input all the time? Is that what leadership requires or you could have some sort of a reflection that you can do on an ongoing basis to see if you're running at 100 miles an hour, at least you're going in the right direction? I think that's a great question. And the answer would be, uh, you said either or. I, I would say both are most helpful. Um, you know, authenticity requires discipline, and discipline takes practice. And it also requires awareness, and awareness takes practice. So sometimes when we... Um, we screw up in the moment because somebody says something and we res- we react from a, a feeling of frustration. Um, we may or may not catch that we weren't authentic. And if we catch it, then the opportunity exists for us in that moment to exercise the intention, as you called it, to be more authentic. And I- I've had people um, where I've coached where they've had a problem with um, reacting too quickly when, say, a junior member of their team puts forth an idea and they'll criticize the idea. And I remember one conversation where one gentleman said to me, but if we're in a group meeting and one of my, my team members or group members says something and it's really a stupid idea, how can I not criticize it? And I asked the person, well, how do you know that it's a stupid idea? And he said, well, it just doesn't make any sense I said, who does it not make any sense to? He says, well, it doesn't make any sense to me in that moment. I said, okay. So from an authentic perspective, one authentic response is for you to shoot from the hip, so to speak, and call it as you see it and say, hey, that just doesn't make any sense. Another possibility is for you to maybe reach for more authenticity and say to yourself, well, it doesn't make any sense to me at this moment. So maybe I don't fully understand it. And can you then go beyond the initial response of, wow, that's stupid, to, I don't think I fully understand your idea. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Or can you answer a couple of questions for us about it? And in so doing, you are being much more engaging and really much more authentic with who you can be as a leader in terms of connecting with people and encouraging people. If you were to go out and try to poll and or do any kind of research, I'm sure you may have spoken to quite a few uh, aspiring and, and current leaders. Do you see the success rate is because they were just born with that DNA or there was some uh, grooming that was done and that was done in a planned fashion and which is which resulted in this this fully cooked leader Mm -hmm. (laughs) well i don't know any leader who's fully cooked Uh, i know some are much better cooked than others i'm a strong believer sanjog in um, 
leadership is something that we build and develop over time. Uh, some of us are fortunate enough to be born with a, a personality or a disposition that makes it easier to be authentic. Um, but I think it's something that anyone can learn, anyone can practice. Um, there are thousands of books on leadership out there. Many of them um, have great ideas. And I think it's less about um, which ideas that we apply and more about, I'm going to go back to words you used before, intention. If we have a strong intention to continually grow, develop, and evolve, and if we are open to learning from every experience and every interaction, then I think we can all grow more as leaders. Can we do a, an interactive exercise, even though this is a radio show? Oh, definitely. I'd love that. Okay. Um, uh, one of the, the challenges that we all have, including authentic leaders, is the discomfort that trying to do new things or, or things differently um, creates for us. So what I'd like to do is just uh, illustrate that. If you and everyone else uh, listening to this would just put your two hands out in front of you with your palms facing and hold your hands about 12 inches apart. Sure, did it. Okay, now clasp your hands by interlocking all of your fingers. All right. And one of your thumbs should be on top, either the left thumb or the right thumb. Sure. Which one is it? It is the right thumb. Okay, now unclasp your hands, hold mm -hmm. them out in front, reclasp, but this time put your other thumb on top. Did it. How does that feel? A little different. Okay, so it's a, it's a little different. Is it a little uncomfortable? Yeah, the natural instinct is to have the right thumb up because I'm a right-hand person. And if you put left hand, thumb, especially when it was an instruction given, that's why it looks that I'm not going with my natural, uh, you know, instinct and or DNA, and I'm doing because somebody told me to do so. Okay. So um, I've done this exercise with thousands of people in coaching sessions, in training classes, um, in presentations, and... I'd say about 85% of the people feel a moderate to small level of discomfort with the switch. Um, and then the other 15% either feel no difference or they feel major discomfort. And the point I, I make after the exercise is what we've just done is a trivial behavior change. And 85% of the people making this trivial behavior change experience a small degree of discomfort. Now, as we talk about larger behavior changes, such as how we respond when somebody says something in a meeting that doesn't make sense to us, or how we respond when uh, a member of our team addresses us in a particular way in a meeting or when our boss says something to us, those behavior changes are not so minor, and those typically have a much higher level of discomfort associated with them, and unless... We are prepared to accept a certain level of discomfort and work through that discomfort until it's no longer uncomfortable for us. Then we're going to have difficulty making the changes and enhancing our skills as a leader. So I, I, I thought of that in terms of your question about nature versus nurture or DNA versus skills because we can all learn to be more effective and we can all learn at any point in our lives 
provided that we can accept that the learning is not always going to be comfortable. And if our intention is strong enough to really evolve and change, we need to work through that discomfort. That's a great way to uh, put across what you just mentioned. Now, the, coming back to the word authenticity, does anyone ever want to voluntarily be inauthentic? And what would make them do so? <laughs> um, I, I think that when all of us have moments or periods of, I don't know if it's a word, um, unauthenticity, it, it's less because we planned or chose to be inauthentic and more because we um, forgot to be authentic or lost the awareness of authenticity. And when I observe this in people with whom I work, and in fact, when I've, I've seen it myself, um, more often than not, it happens when we are feeling significant stress. So one example that I can think of is um, I, I've worked with people who have had to lead organizations through radical downsizing. And frequently when that happens in an organization, people get wind of it and they know it's coming and they, they begin to ask questions that the leader realistically can't answer. And I remember myself um, being in a situation like that and having one of the, the project managers in the IT organization come to me and say, Bob, um, is this really going to happen next month? And, and I looked at her and, and I said, Steph, it's really not appropriate for me to discuss that. And what I wanted to do in that moment was just shut down. And this little voice in the back of my head said, how do you relate to this person who very obviously is uncomfortable, frightened, scared, and is asking you reasonable questions that you know you can't answer? And she was sitting there, and I, I looked at her, and I said, look, I can't discuss what may or may not happen. I can't even tell you that it is or it isn't. Uh, we know that these things periodically happen in companies. Obviously, you're, get, you're getting a sense of something. Otherwise, you wouldn't have asked me the question. The best that I can do is talk to you about how to maybe deal with what may or may not be happening and do the best that you can over the coming months in case something does happen. And I, I, I invited her into a conversation about when these things happen. Um, some people have a strong negative impact and the bulk of the people um, are not impacted. Very often, the people who are impacted go through a difficult transition period, and it doesn't last as long as they expected it would, and they very, very often come out of the other side uh, in a much better position and feeling great about the situation. And at the end of the day, the only thing that any of us can do to control and influence these things is to continue to do what we've been doing, which is the best possible job that we can do each and every day, and to really focus on continuing to contribute value and not get distracted by what may or may not be happening. And at the end of the conversation – I'm sorry, you've got a question. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Finish your thoughts. And, and so at the end of the conversation, she looked at me and she said, well, that's not what I wanted to hear. But it was really, really helpful, and I appreciate the fact that you didn't just tell me you couldn't discuss it. And uh, that's helpful. And uh, thank you very much for going the extra mile. Let's take a quick break, listeners. And when we come back, and 
we let's explore that. Let's look at the signs that a person in a position of power uh, shows signs of not being authentic. And how does that person himself or herself recognizes it before other people do? Because if other people do before that individual does, then it would cause far more damage to the very trust, the leadership potential, and what the outcome can be as this person is trying to lead the troops for the desired outcome. So how, how does this whole uh, diagnosis happen? And, and based on what your experience is, Bob, what is it that we have found uh, in real life? Are people finding more before, before other folks find out or, or it is happening that they are usually told and by the time they're told the damage is already done and pe- some people may lose their jobs. But let's, let's look at this more when we come back. Listeners, please stay tuned. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. Take control of e-discovery with flexible integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Bob, as the question is where the signs that you could see from a leader not being authentic and typically uh, you can expect either the person to recognize themselves as they're doing it. Of course, you know, if they've been doing it on a regular basis, they will know it. But if suppose it's, it's more of an incident versus a norm, then how do we make sure that before anybody else comes to know this person uh, gets gets to change their behavior because people from outside, if they're going to be noticing it, it's going to cause much more damage. And perhaps we can even quantify the amount of damage it can cause. Right. So let, let's talk about the damage first. I think we've all had the experience of it takes a very long time to build trust and to earn people's respect. And it's a lot easier to lose it and a lot quicker to lose it than it is to build it. And um, I remember a, a case of one of my clients, having really put together a, a wonderful team and over the course of a very challenging project, done a wonderful job 
of building up the team and promoting the team. And he was in a management team meeting where uh, they were getting recognized for having done the work and succeeded with the project. And the CEO of the company um, turned to him, and I'm going to change names here to protect the innocent. And he turned to him and he said, Fred, um, you did a fantastic job with this. You deserve a tremendous amount of credit. And in the moment, Fred said, looked at him and said, thank you very much. Period, end of conversation. What Fred didn't say was, thank you very much, and I really need to recognize that this was a team effort, and everyone on the team deserves the recognition and your appreciation for what it is that we delivered. Um, very small difference, and even though the team wasn't in that meeting, somehow the word got around that Fred took credit for what the team had done. Now, Fred didn't really take the credit. He simply said, thank you. But because he didn't go that extra step, it allowed people to uh, make some assumptions or presumptions around what was going through his head, and he lost a lot of credibility. And um, as we examined it and discussed it, uh, I advised him to actually go back to the team and to reconnect with his authentic self and to call it what it was, a mistake. And so he did. He sat down with his team and he said, look, I think some of you have heard about this conversation that happened in the management team meeting. This is what happened. He said, you know, in the moment, I thought that saying thank you was appropriate and enough. But in hindsight, I realized that I stopped well short of what I should have done. And what I should have done was yada, yada. And I made a mistake and I'm sorry. And I realized that uh, I've damaged some of the trust that you had in me. And I realized that it's going to take some time to rebuild that trust. And I just want you to know that I'm totally committed to doing that. Um, and I hope you'll give me the opportunity to do so. So I, I think that that comes back, Sanjo, to your question about measurement as well. Um, it's all well and good for us to know when we're being authentic and building trust or when we're not and losing trust. And there's no reason for those of us who are living authentically to make getting feedback from other people an essential and integral part of the process. So one, one technique that I advise most of my clients to use is what I call a mini 360 feedback. And many companies do these large anonymous 360-degree feedback exercises for their executives, and they typically do them once a year where anywhere from six to a dozen or so uh, colleagues are asked to fill out an online form, and then you get the anonymous results of what you're doing well, what you're not doing well. What I advise clients to do is to actually have conversations with people, and I suggest that they identify six individuals um, with whom they have interactions, two people who work for them, two of their peers, and two people who are at higher levels of management in their organization, and that they ask each of those people to answer three questions for them. The first question is, what should I keep, what am I doing that I should keep doing? The second question is, what am I doing that I should stop doing? And the third question is, what am I not doing that I should start doing? And the way that I 
advise them to go about doing this is to send the questions and a request for a conversation to their six individuals as an email. And to also mention in the email, please do not respond via email. I'd really like to sit with you for five or ten minutes and talk with you about this. And second, please keep your answers very, very brief because I truly want to respect your time and um, only want to take a few minutes from you. And then what they do is they schedule the meeting and they get the feedback. And if they need some more clarity, they can ask some questions. Um, and the reason that those three questions are sequenced that way is that when we ask, what, should I, what am I doing that I should keep doing? We put the focus on something that is successful. And that sets a positive tone for the conversation. When we say, what am I doing that I should stop doing? We identify something that either isn't effective for us or maybe we should be delegating or allocating to somebody else. And if we were to stop doing that, it might free up our time and energy for the third question, which is, what am I not doing that I should start doing? And I advise people to do this maybe every six months with different individuals as a way to request and obtain um, regular feedback on their effectiveness in the way that they engage with people around the organization. Now, when you talk about the demands and uh, the, the world places on us, do you think we are coming to a point where even though we have all the intentions and the capability to remain authentic and do the job, the external factors could almost have a predicament posed in front of us that either you keep your job or remain authentic? Oh, uh, there's no question that the work environment is becoming more and more challenging for us. I mean, I've been at this long enough to remember when um, time management was really a question of answering the phone or attending meetings. Um, And then the technology came along and we went from any place and any time to all the places and all the time. We were on 24-7. I believe that authenticity is not an either-or approach. Even when we are under tremendous pressure, we can choose how we want to respond. Uh, we, we talked earlier about shooting from the hip uh, versus having a, a more thoughtful response. Um, I've had clients who have been asked to do things that they felt were truly unreasonable. And in the process, they've had to make a decision as to whether they were going to be true to their values or not. And there are times when you, when you do choose to uh, compromise a value in the moment. And then you live with that decision. And based upon how you responded to that situation in terms of how you felt it went, how you felt days or weeks later, um, you learn from it, and then you learn how to balance those challenges. So let's take a, a very concrete example that most of us in IT are familiar with. Um, you're you're asked to deliver a new product or a new application or a major upgrade in a very challenging amount of time. And your immediate internal response is, there's no way I I can deliver that. 
in the time frame that's being requested. So one thought would be, an authentic response would be to say, that's not reasonable, I can't do that. Another approach, and this is, I think, the way to think about your question about when do you have to give up being authentic, I could say, well, okay, we'll do it, knowing or believing that it's not going to happen, that wouldn't be authentic. I could say, we'll do our best, and maybe we can, maybe we can't. That would be more authentic, but it's still not totally authentic if you believe that it's not going to happen. And then there's maybe a third approach that says, look, based upon everything that I understand about your request, based upon all of my knowledge about the underlying system, based upon the importance of delivering only the top quality applications and services to our clients and community, um, there's too much here for us to hit the deadline, hit all of the functionality, and hit the quality level that we all believe and are committed to delivering. So let's take a look at whether the time frame is the most critical component, whether the function set is the most critical component, and whether there might be a way to look at addressing the quality level so that we can have a much higher probability of meeting everyone's expectations. So let's take a quick break, listeners, and we'll be right back, and we'll continue this conversation. It's getting interesting. Thank you so much, Bob. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. Take control of e-discovery with flexible integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome, Bob. Uh, and, and listeners, uh, Bob is sharing his insights about how leadership can get better every day. Yeah, go ahead. Continue uh, your thoughts, please, Bob. 
Um, I'm sorry, you're going to have to remind me of which point we were on. I, I lost Actually, that. you know what? In fact, you, you brought it to a logical point, and I had a question I wanted to ask you, which is about immunity. Do you think today the organizations have offered an immune culture, or for that matter, immunity to a leader who, when posed with this predicament, chooses the right path of being authentic? Um, wow, that's a really, really hard question for me. I think some organizations are a lot better at that than others. I, mean, I, I work with uh, all sorts of Fortune 500 companies as well as uh, middle market and even small companies. And generally, um, it varies from company to company and even sections within company. So if you've got, a, say, a business unit head who is very, very authentic in terms of holding herself accountable – and not looking to pass blame and being open to feedback about what's working and not working, I think that you're going to see much more of that immunity that you refer to, Sanjog. Whereas if you've got someone who uh, views himself more like a master of the universe and um, always expects everyone else to be perfect and someone takes a, a risk and the results aren't as expected, um, in a case like that, there probably won't be immunity. Um, so I think it, it varies. Uh, I know. So where one- is the fault, Bob? I mean, if there is a problem with giving an immunity, immune culture, and at the same time you want results, because real leadership and real results actually come with everyone working authentically versus just looking for a short-term gain. So do you think these people are blindsided or, or too looking for instant gratification by just solving this problem now by doing whatever they have to do versus being a marathon runner? Um, well, I, I think you've hit a lot of important keys right there and um, results and short-term versus long-term. Uh, there are always going to be situations where something is so urgent that um, what might be a more collaborative or quote-unquote authentic approach may not be viable. Uh, I can think of situations where um, I remember several years ago myself working in an organization where there was a tremendous amount of cyber attack activity going on and our security infrastructure, our firewalls just weren't doing the trick. And while we had a process in place and a cross-organizational team in place to be able to problem solve and take the best possible action, things were happening so fast and furious that we were falling behind the curve. And so finally, I I got everyone together and I said, look, we're going to have to take more drastic action. We're going to have to take what looks like a higher risk action. We can't use all of those policies and procedures. They're not working for us. And so I looked at everyone. I said, look, normally I would ask all of you to come up with a consensus and we'd follow the group consensus on this. But right now, since that's not working, I'm going to have to take a little more control and I'm going to ask some of you to just do things and see how they work out. Now, a couple of thoughts on that. Number one, I didn't say, this isn't working, you're screwing up, just do this. I set a context for letting go of that more authentic response. And in the process, I maintained authenticity. Would this, uh, this, this striving to remain authentic, 
do you think uh, when you talk to a number of people, have they come back, the, the leaders or the wannabe leaders or people who are not there yet and maybe don't have that immunity available in the culture, what is it that they are struggling with and what has worked for them in order for them to still rise and shine? Because we cannot per- basically blame the external environment all the time for our shortcomings or the fact that we are not able to remain true to our character and integ- you know, uh, integrity is maintained and mm-hmm. uh, authenticity, authenticity is maintained. So what is it that they say they have done to overcome those hurdles? Well, I, I think that the, the key there... Sanjog, is that we can't blame others or the environment. So um, everyone that I coach um, has a situation that they feel uh, isn't uh, isn't optimum, isn't going right, and so on. And the question I always ask is, okay, given that you don't have any control over what somebody else is doing, what are the various options that you have to respond differently to the situation? Because the reality is, even though we can't change anyone else, either who they're being or what they're doing, we always have the option of choosing how we're going to respond to it and changing our response. And in the process of changing how we respond, we almost always change the nature of that relationship. Now, we may not get from the, the, fir- the current situation to the final outcome that we want in one conversation or one move. It may take several interactions or even the course of a couple of years. However, if every time we find ourselves in that difficult and uncomfortable situation, we check our reaction and take an extra moment to reflect and think about what would be the best possible response that I can offer in this situation so that I can maintain my own integrity while at the same time being realistic. I, I think that's the, the opportunity that those of us who are most successful take and those of us who become the most effective leaders find ourselves following. Can I give you an example? Yes, please. Okay. So I, I was um, started coaching a woman, and she walked into um, our first session, and she sat down. And she said very quietly, I need you to help me figure out how to be rough and tough. And I looked at her, and she was very quiet, very laid back. And I said, well, why do you need to be rough and tough? She said, I'm a member of a a management team, a bunch of guys, and they are loud, they are boisterous, and at all of the management team meetings, there's a lot of testosterone flowing. And I looked at her, and I said, well, are you by nature – a rough and tough individual? And she, she giggled a little bit. And she said, well, no, that's not me at all. And then I asked, well, so why do you think that you can be successful pretending to be rough and tough with guys who are really rough and tough? And she said, they'd see right through it, wouldn't they? And I said, I think so. So then I looked at her and I said, why don't we focus on what strengths you bring to this team and what contributions you can make that they wouldn't have without your participation and see if we can find more effective ways for you to make those contributions and leverage those strengths. And so we did, and we had several of our coaching sessions over the next couple of months on that. And what emerged for her was that her ability to sit quietly and listen intently and then reflect back what she was hearing and at the same time be able to analyze and present a balanced perspective 
was really her strength. And so she started to try to do that in meetings. And the first couple of times that she tried to do it, she got steamrolled over and no one paid attention to her. But about the third or fourth time that she made an attempt, one of the members of the team said, wait a minute, um, Alice here um, has, in the last couple of meetings, tried to make a statement, and we really haven't listened to her. I'd like to hear what she's trying to say. And she, she did, made her, her contribution, and everyone looked at it and said, wow, never thought of it that way. And then over the next several meetings over the course of months, people began to create more and more of an opening for her to help them out. They began to become more aware of when they were getting stuck and beginning to butt heads and not making progress and beginning to invite her more and more to offer her perspective and to share what she was seeing and hearing. And I guess four or five months later, um, she had emerged as a much stronger leader in that management team by leveraging who she was, which I think we would both agree, Sanjog, is one of the, the measures of authenticity, and not by trying to be somebody who she wasn't. So what you are sending as a message is people have to be who they are, work with those strengths and weaknesses, and then be tenacious in sticking to their guns. And see if and, and and basically always work towards creating value, and eventually somebody will notice. Very well taken points. Now, how about the patience of the people around them? Because folks in management say if this person cannot deliver within a given number of meeting uh, meetings in or number of months, and this this person has to lead the troops, this person is perhaps weak. And right. They may, they may lose the opportunity to make a difference because they held their patience and thinking just by being themselves, somebody eventually will wake up. So in your example, somebody did wake up and basically take notice. How about they don't? And what is the uh, norm here? Or what is it that's seen usually? People do start taking notice relatively quickly or some people just get unnoticed and eventually get fired before they make a difference? Um, well, unfortunately, both happen. Some people don't make a difference, and I wouldn't say that people who don't make a difference in leadership roles fail because they were trying to be authentic, and that was too slow of a process. At the end of the day, we are accountable for delivering results, and in today's world, we're accountable for delivering big results in very short time frames. And one of the results that we're expected to deliver is not only bottom line and top line um, numbers improvements, but also building the capacity of our organizations to continually improve and deliver better results. And uh, I guess going back to the example I used a few minutes ago about these cyber attacks, there are times when taking it slower gives you the result that you want, and there are times when you have to be much more aggressive. So in the example I gave with this woman, Alice, um, if she were under the gun to demonstrate that she were really an equal partner here, she might have taken one of the members of the team aside before one of the meetings and said, look, I think this is a contribution I can be making. I think that all of you guys are wasting a lot of time and missing opportunities. And here are a couple of examples. I'd like your support in inviting me into the conversation to help with perspective. In Would the it case be seen of, as begging, though, if she goes and takes I don't think so. I don't think so. It, it depends upon, again, it, it's, it's how you approach it. Um, 
Is it weak to ask someone for support? Is it weak to ask someone for feedback and input? Is it weak to ask someone a question and to include and engage them in a conversation? It is perhaps not if other people think that it is. So maybe, maybe fundamentally, let me ask you this question. Should people who want to remain authentic and actually be successful by becoming authentic, should they seek external validation of whatever they're doing is working or not? I think we all need external validation. You know, that was that mini 360 we talked about uh, a little while ago. And there are other metrics and measures of success that we need to constantly be tracking as well. Uh, in, in the case of results, I think even when we have very, very tight and tough results, uh, there are ways that we can authentically approach putting pressure on ourselves and our team to step up to those big challenges. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's look at how do you balance in between being remaining authentic and also be likable? Because they also say that leaders should be likable for people to follow them. And they, they are able to connect better when people like them. And if you are authentic and if you're going to speak your mind, if you're going to do the things what are best, you may not always have that 100% likability poll like a president gets. And that could also have uh, basically detrimental effect on what you can actually get to deliver. So what is that balance where you focus on likability and or authenticity or both, but where do you strike that balance or is there a balance required? Let's explore that when we come back. Please stay tuned. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. Take control of e-discovery with flexible integrated solutions designed for early data assessment, processing, document review, and litigation presentation. LexisNexis offers comprehensive solutions that work together as well as with other industry-leading tools to help you maintain a seamless chain of custody throughout discovery. Most of these solutions can be offered in a hosted environment with access to fully customizable support resources dedicated to your success. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. 
Welcome back. So million dollar question. What's the balance between authenticity and likability do we need to strike in order to be successful as a leader? Okay. Um, about 10 or 12 years ago, there was a book published called First Break All the Rules. And the subtitle was What the World's Greatest Managers Do Differently. And one of the findings, maybe the key finding from that book, Sanjo, was that people who leave uh, people who leave their jobs typically leave their managers rather than leave their companies. And people who are really, really satisfied with their jobs um, like working or are comfortable working with their managers. And I think that one of the challenges we have is to distinguish like from respect. Um, I do a lot of coaching around managers with who are dealing with performance management challenges from one or more members of their staff. And they are always concerned about pushing too hard, being seen as uh, too tough, being seen as unreasonable. And one of the questions I always ask is, what is in the best service of the individual whose performance is inadequate? Is the best service to soften the message and allow them to continue to underperform? Or is it really in better service to be very, very clear and straight with them and to give them some very aggressive challenges with reasonable support to meet those challenges so that they can, in fact, address the problems that they're currently not addressing? Because at the end of the day, we do no one any favor by allowing them to underperform. And whether that's not delivering enough or on time, whether that is... Uh, through the quality of their interactions. You've heard about people, very, very brilliant programmer, but you can't have him in meetings because uh, he doesn't know how to talk to people. Or wonderful person to work with, always says yes, always does their best, um, but is always late with their project. Or always hits the project on time, but the quality isn't there. Uh, there are always problems that somebody else has to clean up. It doesn't do anyone any good to sugarcoat tough messages and to not hold people accountable to a high level of standard of performance. And I've, and I, I gave you the example earlier of my having a conversation with someone who was scared and afraid about a downsizing that they were anticipating. Um, I told it like I could uh, without saying those things that I couldn't. And in performance management or even creating conditions of accountability, I invite people to be as specific as possible. If you have a tough deadline, acknowledge you've got a tough deadline and sit down and talk about we have to meet this deadline. We have to deliver something that is going to be a reasonable semblance of the level of function required and reasonable quality. Are you confident that you can do that? If you're not confident that you can do that, what do we need to do to ensure that we are still successful here? And it's only by giving people grounded feedback based upon, I'm going to call them, call it empirical evidence or the facts that we, in fact, can continue to command or earn their respect. And while some people will say, I don't like the message, but I appreciate the fact that you're being honest with me, that is where we uh, build the respect and earn the respect that we need to continue to be effective and authentic leaders. Now, we also talk about servant leadership, which is you are helping everybody else. And that does that come automatically that if you are 
remaining authentic and you just stand to serve others, you're automatically going to become likable and that becomes a good overall recipe for success? Well, I don't know if serving others always makes us likable because let's go back to that uh, example. If, if you're not doing your job and I believe that my highest and best service to you is to put you on a performance improvement plan because we've had several conversations about you're not cutting it and you haven't changed your behavior. So now I put you on a performance improvement plan because I really, really want to get your attention. I really, really want you to understand that it's time to fish or cut bait. And oh, by the way, you're a member of a team and everyone else on the team knows that you're not cutting it. And everyone else on the team is being negatively impacted by the fact that you're not pulling your weight. And everyone else on the team is looking to me to do the right thing. In that case, um, I do believe that an authentic leader would be serving the individual that she's putting on the performance plan. I do believe that she would be serving all the other members of the team, even though that individual might not like it, even though they might not like the leader. I still think that it's the right thing to do and it's authentic in terms of serving the great, the greater good of the organization and the individuals. Now, while I asked you a number of questions, but I'm sure because you've written a number of good books here, what is your central message about uh, leadership and what is it that people should do to become an authentic leader? How do you inspire them? Okay. Um, I guess the, the most fundamental question that I ask people and that I've actually seen used to change cultures in organizations. Well, it's actually a statement. It's not enough to be right. We also have to be helpful. And so what I invite people to consider is when they are making choices, are they being helpful? And to whom are they being helpful and in what context? Because you can be right and go down with the ship because you were right. And because no man is an island, if you don't mind the, the ship metaphor, um, because we, we make it together and we don't make it by ourselves, we have to be helpful. When people feel that we are being helpful, they are more likely to be inspired to work with us, collaborate with us, and cooperate with us. When they feel that we are digging in our heels and it's our way or the highway, they are less likely to be that way with us. So rule number one is not enough to be right. We also have to be helpful. And then number two is you have to be able to say no in a positive fashion. Um, when you have a, a request that you don't believe is aligned with the values of the organization, the business unit, and, and so on, you have to look at how to frame the situation in terms of the values that you do share, frame the request in terms of how it conflicts with those values, and then present alternatives that are more in line with the values. So you're saying yes to shared values, no to the request, and yes to a positive way forward that is aligned with shared values. If you do those two things, I think that you're halfway there. Great. Now, one final uh, request. Could you actually name the books that you've written and uh, like the ones which kind of connect the best with the authentic leadership angle that we have spoken today? 
Um, I'd, I'd actually recommend just one, and it's my most recent one from last summer. It's called Shatter Your Leadership Limits, and the subtitle is Better Results in Less Time with Less Stress. And I, I talk about a six-step leadership life cycle. And the life cycle re- seems to resonate well with IT professionals because we use life cycles in project management, in applications development, and so on. And by just going through that life cycle um, over and over again, it, it's a simple framework that keeps us focused because great leadership can be very simple. It doesn't mean that it's easy, but as long as we, st- we stick with simple approaches and we stay focused on uh, saying what we mean, and meaning what we say, um, a lot of the detail tends to take care of itself. On behalf of the show and our listeners, i really like to thank you, Bob, for sharing your thoughts about how people can become authentic leaders and actually create value and build a good balance between authenticity and likability. It's my pleasure to have been part of the show, Sanjog. Thank you very much. Thank you so much again, Bob. And uh, listeners, please like us on Facebook. Search for CIO Talk Radio and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Join Sunjal Gall next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific for another hour of CIO Talk Radio. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by Citrix, offering go-to assist, remote support made easy. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. CIO Talk Radio was brought to you by LexisNexis Litigation Solutions.